beautiful liars. Hi. It's your girl, Malika. And it's me, Sharina. And we're Bag of Lies. We are the podcast that explores identity and community through the lens of the harmless white lies that we all tell. Keyword, harmless. harmless. No nefarious lies going down in this podcast. But definitely some pretty good harmonies, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we are talking about storytelling and like when is a story a story versus a lie? We don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Are storytellers liars? I think so. I feel like they're one in the same. Yeah, probably. But we'll really get into it. Yeah. With our guests. We have Lul Mangesha. And to say that Lul is multifaceted is an understatement. He's a children's book authoring, TV pilot writing, immigrant experience, having dodgeball playing, data scientist. Ooh, fire. I know. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, the way you, it sounded like a, a bar you were spitting. I like that. <laughs> but seriously, do you have like more hours in the day than I have? Because like, this is a lot. You got a lot going on. Yeah. No, I'm just like not, um, I'm not doing all of that stuff like, every every day so it's just like i have like my data company so that's the thing i do every day and then it's like one of the other projects that i'll work on as well so right now I'm, my main focus is uh rise and shine which is my pilot uh, that i'm working on and my data company so those are the two things that keep me busy Ooh, what's your pilot for glad you asked um <laughs> What type of voice do you guys want when I share this? Is it like movie phone guy? Is it yeah. like trailer? Trailer. In a world where a second sun comes to Earth's solar system, only those with enough melanin are able to stay above ground. What happens in a world where people of color inherently win? On this episode. Oh, wait, no, this is not it. Rise and shine. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the premise is that a second sun appears. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough melanin, and the measure of melanin is if your skin is um, darker than a brown paper bag. So we're inverting a tool used to separate the black and, community. And uh, oppress us. And oppress us. Yes, my sister. In fact, why are they called white lies? <laughs> why are they not called non-POC lies? Facts. I've been wondering this all this time. C, 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 C. You have been institutionalized <laughs> into accepting that there is a space for non-POC lies. But yet, is there a space for POC lies? Are they grander? Are they, are they less compelling? Why are our lies not coined? From now on, I want POC lies to be the best lies ever created. Wow, you're setting the bar high for the lies today. You hey, really are. Must make them grand. <laughs> All right, well then let's get into our live the week then. Rolling into it. So Sharina, what did you lie about this week? Um, I had a light lying week, which does happen. As listeners of this show will know, uh, I'm not always lying. So this week I pulled out a classic, but I remixed it. So I did lie to an Uber driver, but uh, this time I truncated my story. I usually am honest about where I'm from and how many moves that I've had, but on this particular occasion, I was like, I'm gonna mix it up. And so I uh, I just started from the last point. So last place that I lived in was Minneapolis and I turned myself into a quintessential Midwesterner. Ooh, how boring. <laughs> you know what, it's actually really interesting. I think that part of me wanted to like, have a simpler story because I think that I have, I, I harbor a little bit of shame around how much I've moved. Um, 
And I do kind of sometimes wish that I had that like, yeah, I'm from here and I lived there my whole life. And so maybe it was like a an interesting escape fantasy that I was playing out. Do you think you're going to keep telling this lie? Um, probably not. I kind of, this isn't like a lie that really fits in with my general like version of lies. Like I usually tell these like very elaborate, very crazy outlandish lies and it just... I'd rather P- add... POC lies, you mean? Yes, yes. I, I only tell elaborate POC lies, and my white lies are quite dull, and so I will maybe avoid the white lies and stick to my POCs. Yeah, I feel like your lies in general add to you yeah. instead of subtract from you. Right, 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 right. So, so this um, is kind of a departure. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Malika, what did you lie about this week? Oh, another dumb lie for Malika. Uh-oh. So I recently hurt myself. And so I have like two scratches on like my hand and how I hurt myself is dumb. I was walking uphill and I fell. But when people ask me about it, I tell them, oh, I was rock climbing. (laughs) I was scaling this tall like wall and I had to dig my hand into a crevice and I pulled it out. And that's how I hurt myself. Mind you, I am terrified of heights. Rock climbing is definitely, you know, not in my ministry. And so, like, it's something I don't do. And I'm out here just like, yeah, I'm a rock climbing fool. But no, I just fell walking uphill. And I scratched myself. And if, if you, I mean, the people listening can't see your hand, but it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it looks gnarly, dude. <laughs> it's not fun, man. It looks gnarly. I just think it's funny that you chose this life. It doesn't add up. I feel like I like give myself away because my nails are like your manicure. Nails are so nice. I know. <laughs> I've never seen anybody <laughs> climb with nails like that. Right. I'm like a walking front. So I'm, I'm kind of like waiting for the first person to call me out on it to see what that's going to be like. I'll report back. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Lul, what uh, what fun lies have you gotten into this week or like ever? My family's from Ethiopia and I never know if the cab driver or Uber driver is going to be from Eritrea or Ethiopia. So I always just say that I'm adopted if they ask <gasps> where I'm from. <laughs> so it, it just allows for us to like not get into some possible like political stuff or you know something that could just be really uh uncomfortable it usually works but like one time i was in chicago in a cab and the guy felt so bad for me that he like invited me to have like dinner with his family (laughs) after you told him you were adopted because he in his world like oh this you know ethiopian kid was adopted by this white family they didn't give him his like culture and he just felt like there was this part of me that needed to be nourished and he was like i'm gonna give you like everything you need Oh, no. And since then, I just like, I, I feel bad, but I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't stopped. That didn't stop you. No, because, I mean, that's like one positive like use case out of like so many data points where I'm just like, oh, I don't have to really ever have to have any conversations after I say these two words. So, <laughs> yeah. That's Man, good. I feel like we should just call this like podcast lies in the uber because we're always oh, hearing about uber lies good. we are yeah we'll just do an episode dedicated to that one day guys that yeah would, watch out for it that's brilliant yeah so moving on to in the bag um so our first item in the bag we have janine from the real who recently found out that her mom was married to a man she thought was her uncle for 15 years so in a recent episode of the real janine actually admitted that her mom was secretly married to a man um who janine herself actually thought was an uncle oops ouch yeah 
weird complicated yeah how did this even happen like how does this like play out i have so many questions so do i like first of all why would her mom keep it a secret that she'd been married to this guy and second of all then why would you insist on being like oh this is your uncle did he just not want to spend time with her or like what was was she also married to some, i mean was there like someone a live-in like fathers no uh, no so i think um janine's dad had died when she was younger so i think there might have been some like paying respects to the deceased husband at play but that's like real weird and then they just kept it going yeah i guess that gives you some perspective onto like into like why the mom did it right but it's still like complicated and something that i personally wouldn't do yeah that's true i feel like it's also one of those ones where like once you've done it, you can't like, there's like no easy way to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like you really have to commit to that lie because once you're like, oh, this is your uncle and he's going to be staying here for a little while. At what point are you like, psych, we're actually married. Wait, wait. Okay. So this man lived with them. I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he lived with them and she just couldn't pick up on this, <laughs> I'm not mad at the mom. But he's just going around, <laughs> walking around in his underwear all the time. Yeah. And she's calling him uncle. Yeah. They sleep in the same room. At some point. <laughs> There's like, so many signs. If you get past the age of like 11 and you're not like, wait a minute, <laughs> then I think that's on her. But if what happened was they got into this routine where it was like, yo, I have my house, you have your house and I'm involved. And, you know, it's like a low stakes relationship. Then maybe there was no benefit to revealing the lie fair and often honestly i don't know what i'll do in my life anymore so like i'll look at a situation like that i'll be like that's not right but i just actually don't know anymore (laughs) you don't know like what to do unless you're in that situation yeah so i don't i don't pass judgment on really anybody anymore i'm just like i could could be in a marriage that i don't really see my (laughs) wife that much fair fair totally fair and if the mom was really doing it out of respect to her dead husband's memory yeah then that really puts perspective on this situation yeah. And you know, I mean, at least she knows what the truth is now at this point. I'll keep this in my bag. Yeah, I actually kind of like it. I think it's quite harmless and like. I mean, no, it's not harmless. Ooh, it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. But I don't think it was like yeah. nefarious yeah. Right. in intention. Right. You know, I think she did it more as to, you know, honor the, you know, memory of her yeah. late husband and to also protect her daughter to an extent, I feel like. Yeah. If I, I'll share a story about something similar to this. My grandmother passed away last year. She's the last grandparent I had. My grandmother lived in Ethiopia and my mom went back and she's like, my mom's not doing that well, but she's okay. And I was like, I can come. If you think it's gonna be like really serious, I can come. And my mom lied to me about my grandmother's health. And a cousin of mine posted a picture on Facebook that was like RIP. Oh my God. You found out through Facebook? I That's found the out, worst. I found out through Facebook, my grandmother passed away. And I confronted my mom about this, like when she came back and I was like, you think you're protecting us? Like these lies that we do in this culture of ours, which is just so, it's so crazy. My first response to my grandmother's death wasn't grieving. It was anger at my mom. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want that to be the first thing I'm thinking about. I want to, I want to grieve and I want to embrace and like really rejoice in the life she had. But I couldn't (laughs) even do that because African moms are so crazy. So I just like... (laughs) It's just like, it's such a wild process, you know, so. Wow. These things that they do to protect us when we're kids come back as adults and they're so harmful, so. 
Okay, all right. So, um, moving on to uh, a man who is telling fishermen's tales about how he caught a record-breaking fish. So, Tom Voke is a councilman in North Dakota who went on a fishing trip with his family, and you know they caught a few fish. It was going really well. Like it was just a normal fishing trip, and out of nowhere, he catches a fish that weighs nearly seventeen pounds and is like two and a half feet wide so it's kind of a state record and uh people there's kind of been a lot of controversy around this because people are saying that he illegally caught the fish and he's saying no i legally caught it and so there's two different kind of narratives about this going Mm. around so in one version of stories like on his account he's this record-breaking angler And in everyone else's account, no, he's a liar. He's a cheater because he caught this heavy, big fish. He caught a big fish. Yeah, it's big. But depending on who you ask, either he's a liar or he actually broke a record. Yeah. And it's like how you frame the story, how you tee it up. Right. So is is there any dispute around the weight of or the the fish? It's about the means of how he caught the fish. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where a lot of the controversy lies because, like, obviously they weighed the fish and stuff. So, like, that part isn't the problem but like he's saying that he like caught it legally on like a jig which i don't even know what a jig is but apparently that's an important detail and other people are saying that he didn't but the wild thing about this is it's becoming a criminal investigation a podcast has covered it yep there's so many posts on no.angler.com like the fish (laughs) community you know has their panties in a bunch (laughs) so there's like a big brouhaha. Penny's like, I'm not a liar. Like I caught this fish. But it's like, depending on like who you ask, maybe you are a liar. It's I, interesting. I like this because this is the nuance is really like the difference between in community and out community. So like if you are somebody in the fishing community, you know enough nuances to say that this person did not catch this fish. But all we need to know as people who are not fishermen is I need to see that picture. And I see like this man caught this fish. I, I think this is like a really good example of somebody who was leveraging it and, and telling it. And there was like probably no problem outside of the fishing community. And he could have still won. But then the community's like, in order to protect the validity of what we do as fishermen, yeah. we need to bring this person down. <laughs> He's That's giving a- us a bad rap. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, yeah. That's a good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that. How, like, the people that are receiving the story makes a difference in, like, the validity of the story yeah. almost. Yeah, that's a good point. Because to me, you know, I, yeah, because yeah, to me, I see this guy with a really big fish. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, he caught a big fish. Yeah. And I could, I mean, honestly, if, if I found out that he caught this fish by, like, shooting it, I would have been like, oh, he caught a fish. Like, it wouldn't, the means don't matter to me because he still caught it. But in their community, I'm sure it's so specific because it's, you know, um, they have certain rules and regulations or seasons when they can do it. There's all, there's all this stuff that you have to, to learn when you get involved in any community mm-hmm. of, of any kind. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with the other fishermen on this one. That's fair. <laughs> as, as a longtime fisherman. Ooh. Never, so, never. Oh, no? That was that I'm a, a vegan. Have I said I'm a vegan yet? No. Okay, I have to say that once a day, otherwise I lose my powers. <laughs> Are you really a vegan? I am. Are you really? Yeah, for sure. Oh. Interesting. Would you keep the story in your bag or would you get rid of it? Uh, I would have to get rid of it. Fair, fair, fair. fair. All right. Out the bag. Yeah, out the bag you go. 
So let's get into it. Let's yeah. talk about lying and storytelling. Mm. Let's pick it apart, guys. Because I feel like they're, they're, they're pretty similar. Like, what do you think? Yeah, so I've written uh, fiction and I've written nonfiction. And I think there's a responsibility depending on which genre you're in. So like in nonfiction, my first book is called The Only Black Student, and it's a book on how to navigate at predominantly white universities. So my expectation is that black students who are coming into college or late in high school are reading this book as a tool to prepare them on how to navigate like socially and academically. So if I was to share a narrative of mine that was false and say like, oh, when you get to this campus, it's gonna be really easy to navigate, especially if you're first gen, that lie is going to negatively impact their experience. I care about this audience. It's my responsibility to be as like truthful as possible. So in the space of, of nonfiction, I think it was really important that I was truthful to my experience and that it acted as like a very accurate depiction of what kids would take in. Now, in fiction and with <laughs> Rise and Shine, I have a lot more leeway in terms of the type of lies I can tell. I'm free to do whatever I want because it's fiction and there are no nobody else can determine what these rules are in this in the second world except for me because I'm the writer and that's the power of being a storyteller. I'm true to the audience, you know, I want black millennials in the US who have maybe had some experience in navigating college or professional workspace to like what I watch. And I think if you are really true to that audience, it doesn't matter if anybody else thinks it's a lie. You have a strong group of people that are like, yo, I felt seen. To me, that's what I'm really excited about building. So that's interesting. Most often, like nonfiction needs to be true to what the, the reality is in order to not harm your audience. And in the fiction world, you have leeway to tell and craft the stories that you want to craft. And they can be based on truth, but in fiction, we're allowed to embellish. Yeah, and the good thing is, with fiction, you can draw so many cases from nonfiction to where your embellishment is like justified. But can you ever take nonfiction and embellish that just a little bit? I feel like they yeah. do that a lot in like the film industry. Like Harriet just came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna watch that movie, but I'm gonna do it with a grain of salt because I'm a I'm gonna feel Man. like it's not gonna be true to the story. But honestly, I don't really know if I wanna watch it. I feel like I would watch it if it came on TV for free. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat. It's someone's truth, you know, whoever whoever wrote it, they piecemealed from from what we know to to be real. And it's hard to like take like the JFK assassination you know we saw the video of him getting shot mm -hmm. and there is so much controversy years later on who did it you know or like what type of weapon was used or you know just like all sorts of information who's the person leading the charge of sharing that information how is it going to be interpreted yeah. is like how the truth is seen yeah what is a fact you know i mean i don't know when i how old i was before i realized like yo the person who wrote that fact could have had their own bias it took a long time for me to even question that there's levels, man. So do you think that lies actually make for more compelling stories then? Being like a first-gen African in Seattle, there's a lot of negative connotation to being like Ethiopian. So I just kind of stopped sharing with people that I was Ethiopian. So like in high school, I tried to assimilate as much to what I thought was like African-American culture. Where did you tell people you were from? I just avoided any conversation about anything. The man cultural. from nowhere? <laughs> the man from nowhere. <laughs> 
I mean, in high school, people aren't doing like a deep inventory of who you are. They're doing like what you look like and how you present. So I was like, that's Back. true. That's true. So, um, yeah, I just was like so embarrassed because yeah, I was called like an African booty scratcher. I was called there's a term in Seattle that I don't think a lot of other places called Ethy. <laughs> I've never heard that, but that sounds mean. It was the, it was just the way that you can hit that part that really hurts. <laughs> it's like Ethy, you know, it's like, gosh, damn, like, what did I what did I do to you? But oh um you Ethy? That's yeah. so mean. It was, it was harsh. Oh, no. Yeah. But it's also, like, kind of lazy. That in a, a lazy weird insult. way. Like, that's a kind of like a lazy slur where it's kind of yeah. like, ooh, you're Ethiopian, and then you shorten it to Ethy, and it's like, ugh. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, Those I mean, people were lame. But yeah. The, th- the thing, again, about, like, language and storytelling is that when the context is put there and you know it's a slur, it still punches, right? So it, like, yeah. even if it's lazy. You know, at 15, 14, anything. You're just, like, not trying to stand out in any negative ways. Mm-hmm. So um, so I stopped, I stopped sharing that. And then when I got older, I got, I was proud again of, like, where I came from. But there was, yeah, there, there was a lack of a story that is really the the lie that I told myself and other people, which, again, is, is similar to my adoption thing. It's just, like, the hiding of information, which now I'm realizing might be a pattern in my life. And I didn't know until <laughs> this interview. So this is free therapy. Yeah, I don't know if I You're really. You're welcome. I guess I don't lie forward. I just like retract information. Oh, so. you pulled a Sharina. You're subtracting from your life. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Lies of omission. Yeah. Damn. I feel like Sharina, you lie sometimes just because it makes a good story. Oh yeah, no, that is definitely me. What is your favorite lie that you've told just because it made a good story? Okay, so. And I can't remember when this happened, so I'm a little fuzzy around the details, but I remember that there was a lie that I told where someone had asked me where I'd met my partner, and not my current partner, but one of my old boyfriends, and the story wasn't really that interesting, because I think we just met at church, but I had, like, made this really, like, elaborate thing about how, like, I had seen him on vacation and then I had, like, run into him back in London where we were both living and it had, like, there was, like, a that lot of, That sounds exotic like, already. Yeah. yeah. You two <laughs> are was... automatically interesting people from that story. <laughs> I'm like, right. Because autom- if you would have said church, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, yeah. y'all some church folks. Know how this right. goes. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. But it was, like, it was, like, a very, and I can't quite remember it, but that I remember the outlines of that story and I told it once or twice and people were like oh wow that's like such a crazy coincidence that then you saw him again and I was like I know and it was meant to be fate and blah 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 and like yeah that was kind of an interesting one where I I took uh the bare bones of the truth which is that we are together and then expanded it to include like a different country and all these other things yeah, whenever people ask me how I met my partner, I don't tell the truth either, just to mess with them. Oh, really? What do you oh, I always come out with the truth eventually. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, I was at the laundromat and I ran out of quarters. <laughs> and I turned and I saw this handsome gentleman and he was like, I see you're out of quarters. And I'm like, why, yes. And he's like, well, you, do you want to do something strange for some change? And the people always look shocked. Oh, my God. And then I say, oh, no, that's not how he met. It was just on Bumble. <laughs> not even Bumble Hinge. Whoa, and, you know, but story, I mean, yeah. Which is the better story? Um, Doing something strange for some change or, you know, on Hinge? That's great, though. (laughs) Strange for some change is amazing. As soon as I say that, they know I'm lying. So it's just fine. I just like that the price point for you to do something strange is like a couple quarters. (laughs) (laughs) 
because it, it shows the like the need to get your laundry done. Yeah. In any other setting, you'd probably you know I mean, I don't know you at all, but I, I'm sure like the price point would be very very high. Yes, I got a high price point, not some quarters, <laughs> not like two dimes and a nickel. That's so good. Uh, oh my gosh, I would totally stick with that though. Oh yeah, well yeah, I'm gonna keep using it. Oh, uh, that's tight. Oh gosh, maybe I should remix my current boyfriend story, although mine's kind of long anyways, so. Yeah. So do you have a favorite lie that you like to tell? Mm. I feel like maybe it's your orphan lie. I think that's a great lie. Orphan? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if you're adopted, you're an orphan, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just gets from adopted straight to orphan. Yeah, I mean, that just took it to a whole... The visual, the visual imagery you have of an orphan. I think you're gonna add to like your adoption line now. Just yeah. make it like, yes, I'm an adopted orphan. That's true. I like that. What I love so much about this like adoption line is like how many details you automatically get filled in just by saying I'm adopted. Right. Like that's like two words, and like honestly, I cannot think of a lie that I've ever told that's been so short but has had so much backstory yeah because people are gonna take what they know and fill in all the spaces and blanks True. yeah just with that simple lie yeah. right they're gonna assume all these things about you mm-hmm. mm. and that's like really I, I like as a, a student of falsehoods i just think that that's like i don't know it's just, i like you have to love the word economy of that you know what i mean word economy i love that. oh yeah, my I'm gosh no right it's true it's so true like as much as i love like a really really elaborate lie like a simple lie that tells a really good story is actually kind of like low-key priceless and i feel like you'll you learn a lot about the person that you tell that lie to yeah it's like people will have either two reactions one where the they'll like want to know more right or one where they immediately back off and they want to leave like, that I'm alone yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm not gonna engage with that right that's true i think it's that and like similar to the way that people bring themselves to fiction and to stories people also bring themselves to the lies that like those kind of like epic backstory lies because like for example if you told me oh i'm adopted I'm bringing myself in terms of like understanding the structure of the world to be like, oh, well, you must be adopted by a white family, even though like black families adopt people like all the time. Um, right. And then like making all of these like assumptions about like how you were raised. Well, I guess you were raised probably quite middle class because like middle class families are generally the people who we see adopting and like all of these different things. Are you assuming that he's adopted by white people because he looks Ethiopian? Does that factor into it as well? Or do you just assume that from the general sense of black kids being adopted in America. Yeah, I think so. But I think in that there's just like mm. it's interesting how much like baggage bring to the lies that people tell us in a similar way that we bring a lot of baggage to the stories that we have. What I like that you're also touching on is like how do adoption stories spread? So like when you see a picture of a white family with like an adopted like black kid or an Asian kid, that story gets shared a lot. It, it, it just becomes, you know, it's like media's role in the imagery that we see. But there's a lot, there's so many more families, like black families where the grandmother has like adopted her grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Like that is like a, a much more common use case of like who is adopted. Yeah, that's true. How important is the truth to your storytelling process? I think even just from this conversation with the both of you, I'm realizing that it's really important like I want people to think of me as like a brave person and I think you think honesty honesty makes you brave? I think honesty honesty comes with vulnerability and vulnerability is an act of being brave 
because you have to be open to the consequence you get from being vulnerable and being honest. <laughs> I love that. No, it's facts. It's true. So in my writing and trying to find my voice, I think I've learned that the truth really does center your story and it lets people know who you are. It's also true about the lies you tell. Based for lies and truth. Facts. Yeah. It makes them more compelling, which I guess maybe isn't the point. So now for a quick game. A game of Who Lied. Yeah, yeah. So Who Lied is the game that we play with our guests where they have to guess which of us told a particular lie. So lie number one is um, when this person was a kid, their ears weren't pierced, and so they would make up a bunch of different stories about why their ears weren't pierced because they were embarrassed about it. And lie number two is made up a story about having a boyfriend in the seventh grade. So who told which lie? Oh, I have to guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to guess line number one or line number two. Yeah. Who is who? This is fun because you don't know us at all. Yeah. So you're just really doing a shot in the dark. Okay. What's the first one? So line number one is their ears weren't pierced as a kid, and so they made you. up a bunch of different stories about you. why. Uh, what? You. Oh. <laughs> he said it's your lie. <laughs> he looked at you, and he's like, I know. You know what? You're right, but you don't have. we don't have a prize for you. Oh. Are you right? You win. Do, do you want to know? Do you want to know what your tell was? What? Just couldn't look at me. No one's ever called me out like that on the podcast. Normally they call Malika out. Usually, <laughs> people do call me out. That's so I funny. Feel like, I feel like Malika. No, this is not a no shade, but I feel like you could lie and look at me. And yeah, I could. Be like no problem. I really could. I am shooketh. I feel it. I feel so wait, you made up a story about having a boyfriend in the seventh grade? Yep, his name was Devin. Shut mm -hmm. up. Devin, Devin the dude? Devin the dude, or the fictional boyfriend. Um, and the kids that rode my bus, they knew it too, because I made it up just for them. Because everyone on my bus was like booed up, and so they would sit next to each other with their like, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend. That's and so like cute. somebody was like, Malika doesn't have a boyfriend. And I was like, yes, I do. His name is Devin. And everyone knew I was lying. They knew it. You know, they. I don't even know if it was a successful lie, but it was a lie that I did when I was in the seventh grade. So yeah, lame. What <laughs> did you build like? who he was like did he, was oh he in, yeah was he in eighth grade did he have a car oh my god yes he was in eighth grade and he <laughs> lived in like my local neighborhood he's like i was like oh yeah guys you don't know him because he goes to another school did he go to like a what would be considered like a better school no or? i went to the better school oh. so that kind of gave him like Ooh, a tough boy edge, image yeah. yeah he had an edge he went to like the local if like you say something to me devin's school. gonna beat you up devin don't play that way <laughs> devin don't like that okay don't talk about me i'll get devin on you oh my god so dumb um, Sharina, your ears still aren't pierced. Oh yeah, I know. So but do like, you still like make up lies about it? No, but like when I was a kid, I was like really, really embarrassed about it. So I'd be like, oh, it's because like my skin is really sensitive or like, there was like a really one-off random time where I went down like a very typical crazy Sharina line. It was like, because like I'd had like a tumor on my earlobes when I was younger. Like, nope. yeah. Wait, mm -hmm. the, the lie was the tumor. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, it was wonderful having you on the pod. It was. Thank you. We talked lies. We talked storytelling. We talked lies and storytelling. And all in all, I mean, all lies are stories. And all stories are, well, not all stories, but some stories are lies. <laughs> I mean, they're bedfellows. You can't have one without the other. Uh-oh. Respect. Uh-oh. That's yeah. a cute rap-up. Look can at I, you. Can I freestyle? Go ahead. I mean, can you give me like a beat and then I'll freestyle our way out of the podcast? Ooh. No one's ever asked us to do that before. Can you start the beat and then I'll just copy it? Ah! <laughs> you, you rap. Um, I try to rap. My friends don't want me to rap, but I'll do it. 
Okay, do you guys just do boots and cats? Boots and cats. Boots and cats. Boots and cats. Bag of lies. I had a great time. We're going to do this podcast one more time. It's going to be like two whole hours. Dang, I should have taken a shower because this room is like really small and the lights are bright and I am not that tall. But I am here. There are two Apple computers. One of them is a liar. (laughs) Thank you, Queens. Thank you. You can find my mixtape called Hella Vegan on SoundCloud. Uh, no, this is not real. No, this is real. Oh, my gosh. But wait, where can people find you yeah. on the internet? Oh, uh, I'm on IG, and my IG name is L-U-L-L-M-E-N, and all I do is troll people on a regular basis. Oh, my God. Okay, that's amazing. So definitely follow him, and then also follow us. So you can follow us on Twitter, at Bag of Lies, and then on Instagram, at Bag of Lies underscore podcast. This was a great show, and uh, I think we're out. Bag of Lies recorded at KGPC Radio with their generous support. And if you're in the Bay Area, you can now catch your girls on KGPC969.org every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Shout out to producer Goddess Lighton and our executive producer, Bob and Bougie. Boom. Bob Cohen. And our theme music is produced by my girl, Madly. And all opinions and foolish comments expressed here are by no means a reflection of our employers, friends, families, or our upbringings. We're doing our best. Yeah. Bye. Bye.